My name's Terry. Welcome to the Oddscast. Welcome to the Oddscast. Anything more? Welcome to the Oddscast. And we are live. This is the Oddscast podcast. Welcome, 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 Dominic DeLeo, alongside Joe DeLara, producer Corey. No Terry this weekend. I think he's stranded out in Florida. Um, the land of the lost, it seems like, where everyone goes down and does not come back. And, you know, maybe maybe we'll see him next week, hopefully. Uh, Producer Corey had two flights delayed, right? Is that correct, last weekend? Two cancellations. Two cancellations, not even delays. Nah, there yeah. was a 90-person plane. They were like, ah, get fucked. Yeah, the, the Bermuda Triangle has moved northwest into uh, central Florida. It seems like South Florida, Central, South, same thing. Uh, all Florida is the same. It's just. I'm sorry. Nothing. Did you just say no. Central and South are the same thing? Do we have you on record in, saying that? In Florida, not oh, okay. New Jersey. Doesn't apply here in your life. Uh, okay, that's fine. Does not apply now. Uh, Joe, this is going to be, you know, obviously the the first um, thing we're going to talk about this episode and. It, it's a good segue into this weekend um, simply because we got a series now, you know, that people say hey. the series doesn't start until a home team loses a game. So the series hasn't even started yet. We're already at game five, which is pretty crazy. It's wild, um, honestly. We might go the whole series. Who knows without a series. So yeah, the bucks and Suns game five Saturday night, um, the Bucks obviously winning two games, game three and game four in the friendly confines of Milwaukee. It seems like they just can't lose there. Um, yeah. I don't know, you know, it's maybe. a huge advantage for them. Like, I think it, part of it might have to do with the fact that fans aren't chanting out, chanting out how many seconds it takes Giannis to shoot the basketball, but um, like from the free throw line. But I don't know that they're more comfortable. It's it's a significant home court advantage. Yeah. Home court's always weird in the NBA. It feels like it doesn't. You know, it wouldn't necessarily matter as much, um, but it, it for some reason, you know, we does. see this all the time. A, a team goes up to nothing, come back game three, and they just look dead. I mean, granted, Milwaukee's performance a little better, I think, in game three. The more impressive performance in game four, given that they were down pretty late in that game, come back. You should not have crawl. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> well, that's well, why we're here, and that's why uh, we're, we're talking to you to see – you know, I, I, I'm rooting for the Bucks because I have a Giannis like three and a half or four to one MVP ticket from uh, post game one. Should have waited until after game two. It's a good one. Uh, you know, I was actually surprised. I was looking at the MVP odds and, and just, just so people are aware, um, you know, if, if you're really into basketball, you're probably aware of these spreads, but on Saturday night, we're looking at minus three and a half with a little juice on the Suns right now. It's probably moving to minus four. Um, Suns money line minus 165. I'm seeing on DraftKings. And then to win the series price on DraftKings, Suns minus 145, Bucks plus 125. And then I was, this is what was surprising me a little bit uh, that Chris Middleton isn't a little bit higher in the MVP, NBA Finals MVP. Um, prop markets, it's Giannis at plus 130, and the only reason he is favored is because there are two potential Suns MVPs if they do win it, and Chris Paul at plus 180, and Devin Booker yeah. at plus 260, and that is probably just, you know, that's gotten a little bit tighter after Chris Paul's game four performance. I don't know if you want to touch on that first, but Middleton's at, at 25 to 1, um, 
And so it really is a three horse race here with Giannis uh, probably taking it home if the Bucks win. And Chris Paul, I, I still think, you know, unless he comes out with another dud in uh, in game five or, or, the, or the clinching game and Booker just has one of those kind of 40 point just can't miss yeah. kind of games. Uh, I think it's Chris Paul just for sentimental value. But what did you see in game four? Did it change your perspective at all on how you view the series and how have you viewed this series and how, you know, just give us where you're at after watching four games here and, and then, you know, doing the deep yeah. dives. So I'm just going to follow up on your MVP thing really quickly. Basically with what you said, um, line shot, if you think the Bucks are winning the series, you may as well just bet on Giannis to win MVP. Like, I don't really see a circumstance where he doesn't. I get the Middleton angle. Um, like, he's either, like, prime Jordan or he's fucking Kyle Kuzma. But, like, you like the narrative is for Giannis and similar for Chris Paul. And the thing is, like, what you saw last night is – or two nights ago now – is when Chris Paul isn't good, you have an eight-seed team. Like, that's what, like, you know, and, like, the Suns, like, they should have won game four, but they also should have lost game two. So when you when I look at this series, I really think that this is a series that could very easily be 3-1 Bucks. Um, and that's something that I had mentioned. It's something that we gave out, actually, before the finals started. I gave out my best bet, and my best bet was for the Bucks to win the series after trailing at any point in time opened at six to one. It wound up closing at five to one. And that was a bet that we really loved because we thought the game one was a, was a write-off because of the rest advantage that the Suns had. And really since then, we love, we love that bet. We love that bet. It was, that was great. <laughs> it, was, it, was it was a great such, bet. Such a great bet. It was a fucking great bet. And like, and if you looked at the odds, you never got five to one or six to one, and you're never going to get it again because now we're in a, basically in a three game series. So if you wanted to look, even when the bucks went down, uh, three to two to the nets, they were only as high as plus 185. Um, and they're not going to be that like the odds aren't going to be that long against Phoenix either. So I, I think that that's something that people need to consider, uh, with this series. Now, one of the things that I, I like, and it's something, it's kind of an old school train of thought, but you got to have the ball and you, the more shots you take, the better, like the better chance that you're going to have the bucks have out rebounded the Suns in every single game that they've played. So I know some of the people that I talk with and like, I write with it action. One of the things that they were saying, and it, this is something that was on Twitter. Um, Stat Muse even tweeted out that the Suns are the first team to shoot over 50% from the floor and lose to a team in the NBA finals that shot under 42% from the floor. The reason that happens is the Bucks had 15 more offensive rebounds forced an, like an extra, they forced 17 turnovers and they took 19 more shots. You have so much more wiggle room when you have, when you can do that. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, the Suns lost Dario Saric, which you don't think of as. And, and, and I, I just want to interject here. And you had actually said this when we did the podcast after, I think that was game one. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of people, like I even was listening to Simmons and Rosillo. Um, I've been listening to just them and a little, uh, after after the games and they wrote it off like Saric, that's that's not going to matter at all but you this is why you listen to us and you listen to the nba shaman joe delara he said this is actually going to be a pretty big deal and you're right 
Yeah. And like, you can see it, like the minutes are problematic. Like the bucks are crushing the Suns in minutes where Giannis is on the floor and Aiton is off. And the problem is, is that like Aiton, big dude, he's not used like he Aiton's averaging. Let's look it up here. Um, minutes in the finals. It's like, he just can't, he can't play that many. He just can't play that many minutes. It's just, it's impossible. So like, if you look at his game log, right. And you look at his, and you look at his finals numbers, he's played 38 minutes, 42, 24 due to foul trouble. And then 38 again, but he's not, you're not going to see him playing 45, 46 minutes. So like, you're going to get minutes where he's not on the floor and without Sarich, you're basically looking at playing either Frank Kaminsky or Tory Craig and playing really small. And when you play really small, what, what do you allow the Bucks to do? You allow the Bucks to play Giannis at the five, which is preposterous. Like he's going to murder you. And that's what they did. And they did that in game three. Um, Giannis killed them in the paint. And then in game four, you see them try to, the Suns try to adjust and limit Giannis. And that's why we liked Giannis under on his point total. But and he, and he only scored whatever it was like 26 um, you know, it opens up the three point line. So, you know, the bucks, the bucks are, I think in a better scenario now, I think they're in a much more commanding situation. And the fact that, you know, this series is tied in my opinion, because the Suns had a, like a crazy outlier shooting game in game two, the bucks should have won that game. And then you can argue, you can make the argument that the Suns should have won game four. That, but I think that was the, my counter. Yeah, but I think with the rebounding advantage, the, tur- the turnovers that they forced, I don't know. Like, I, like if, if I had, like, I would say this series is more likely than not, like more often than not, 3-1 Bucks than 3-1 Suns, the way let's, that I'm seeing, the way that this broke, you know? Let's, let, let's talk about this three-game series here. We talked a little bit about the how we got here. Um, let's talk about the future in terms of not only what you see happening. I know you say you still think the bucks are going to win this series, or at least that's what I'm getting. Um, But how, how do they win? Cause, cause there's a, a a whole lot of bets out there in terms of series, correct score series, total games, you know, will a, will a road team win a game? I mean, if you're a bucks uh, better and you're, you think that the bucks are winning, you obviously have to bet, bet them to win. Um, at least one road game there. Um, but how do you see this playing out uh, starting on um, on, thir- on Saturday night? Yeah, so that's actually a good point that you raised. I'm not sure what the odds are for a road team to win a game, uh, but you might actually get some value on that uh, either way because if you think the Bucks are going to win, they have to win a road game. And then, you know, the only way that you that you don't have that situation happen is if the Suns win in seven um, you know, and they win game five and game seven, but there's still, there's an opportunity for you to win regardless of who wins the title. So there might be some value there. Um, but the, the thing that I see here is I always look at shot, like shot selection and shot quality and the bucks have been winning the shot quality, um, matchup basically like every single game by like a lot. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that they've like struck. Some of the guys have really struggled to shoot from the field. Uh, Drew holiday struggled a lot. And then think about the way the sun's like shoot. So a shot that we hate, like our analytic people hate is like the mid range jumper, right? The sun's have two guys that are 
excellent at shooting the mid-range jumper in Devin Booker and Chris Paul. So that's why you see this like inflated effective field goal percentage from the Suns. They're shooting 56.3% effectively from the field um, against Milwaukee, but their expected like EFG percentage is just 52.2%. So they're shooting like 4% better than they're expected to. Part of that has to do with the fact that, you know, they have better shooters, whatever, but at the same time, the Bucks like played Atlanta, they played Brooklyn, and they played Miami. And the the average, including Phoenix, this postseason is they're only allowing a fifty two point seven percent EFG percentage, and that goes exactly in line with their average allowed or expected allowed of fifty two point seven percent. So I think that like when I look at this, I think that there's a greater opportunity for the Suns to fall offensively than there is uh, that the Bucks are going to waver defensively. Um, I think the Bucks defense is very good. Uh, you have got like you're seeing them start to match up a little bit differently. You're seeing Bobby Portis have big minutes. You're seeing Drew Holiday sticking like glue to fucking Chris Paul and even to Devin Booker at times. You're seeing Giannis play on Booker. Like these are things that the Bucks are doing because they're taking these individual matchups and they're winning them. And if you do that, where you force Chris Paul to get the ball out of his hands so he can't score, and then you can just focus on Devin Booker, you're in a good situation. Um, and, you know, even though like Booker put up 40 points last or, you know, in last game in game four, and they still lost. So if you're, if you're Milwaukee, you can basically look at this and say, we didn't even have a really good game. We didn't have a great shooting game. We didn't really play that well in terms of like our offense. But we limit, we allowed what we let one of their guys score 40 points and we still won this game um, because of the way that they were rebounding the basketball, the way that they were forcing turnovers, forcing mistakes. So like, that's a way that Milwaukee can win this series. And I think it has to do in large part due to their athleticism, due to their size and due to their personnel. And you have a guy that's indefensible in Giannis. There's just no Phoenix has absolutely no answer for him. Um, and he's incredible both offensively and defensively. And then you have another guy and you have Chris Middleton who can just go off for fucking for 40 points out of nowhere. Um, and you know, if you're, if you're looking at this, yeah, Chris Paul might have a 40 point game every so often, but there it's not the same type of explosiveness or like, you don't expect that from him. You can expect that maybe from Booker. You can expect it from Giannis. You can, and you can even expect it from Chris Middleton. So you have two guys on Milwaukee that I think can really take control of this. Also, if the Bucks win Game Five in Phoenix, then they get to go home to Milwaukee. So like, I I, I, mean, I think if they win Game Five, the series is essentially is over. a wrap. Yeah, like I think it's a wrap. And then, but even even then, you know, even if Phoenix wins Game Five, right? then you go home, then the Bucks go home to Milwaukee. So it's like, I like the fact that the way that this is staggered now, you know, game six is at, is in, is in Milwaukee. It's a home game for the Bucks. Like you, they should feel confident going into game six, no matter what happens, like whether, whether they lose game five or they win game five. Yeah, and and I, the thing is, I think it's, it's a must win for the Suns game five. Yeah. You have um, to win five because you then, don't want to be going to five serve with the Bucks having the opportunity to close it out against you. And then obviously if the Suns win game five, every, you know, every game is a must win for the bucks at that point. Sure. Um, but that's, so I, two questions. First question, rapid fire. Does this series, do we have a podcast before this series is over? 
So Saturday, Saturday is game five. Tuesday is game six. And then Thursday is game seven. So Thursday night um, is, is game seven. So basically my question to you is over under six game, uh, six and a half games. And right now um, it's pretty evenly split minus 120 yeah. plus 100 either way. I won't tell you which one until you answer. Sure. Which way. I mean, I've been saying bucks and seven, but after watching the way that the series has unfolded, I'm going to say that we are having a podcast after the NBA finals end. Oh, all right. So that there's some, some plus money there. Uh, this series to go six games is at plus 100. Um, seven games is minus 120. Yeah. I, you know, if so I'm taking think, that, so, though, so you think bucks and six is, is, is the, is I the think bucks and six is on the table. If I'm taking that though, like the under I'm taking bucks and six rather than, the under because I don't see Phoenix winning consecutive games with the second one being at Fiserv Arena in Milwaukee. Yeah, you know, the, I, I don't see that. It there's there's four outcomes here in the three game series, right? Suns win in six, Suns win in seven, Bucks win in six, Bucks win in seven. That's four outcomes. Yeah. Um, what uh, you know, maybe you've looked at these, uh, producer Corey, maybe what I just is... confirm the numbers, they are four outcomes. Okay, thank you. <laughs> But what is the, you know, this might be news for people who are listening to this for the first time. What is the favorite outcome? What What has the lowest odds out of those outcomes? Suns in seven. You are correct. You're correct. So Suns in seven to win four, three plus 190. Okay. The and then Bucks in six is what? No. Three? So the second, second. Is Buck is Suns in six oh. plus two seventy five. Okay. Then it's Bucks in six plus three hundred, so, and then oh. Bucks Bucks in seven is plus three fifty, which wow. is interesting. I'll jump in on that. Yeah, I think that's, that's kind of what that's kind of what I'm thinking. I actually think the Suns win Game Five if if you actually you know put a narrative base has that. I, I just goes that way. I, I, it's just, I've seen this story too many times in terms of like all the momentums in one way, two games at home, it's now back. And then, oh yeah, the Suns who, who led most of game four. Like, I think if that game is in Phoenix, it plays out a little bit differently. And maybe Chris Paul doesn't throw maybe. an absolute dud. And I, I think Chris Paul comes out and actually has a pretty solid game. If not, you know, maybe a, I wouldn't be shocked if he has some sort of career-defining performance. But Booker can't play better. Correct, but I don't think Chris Paul can play worse. Yeah, I mean, he played he played, and, he and played himself you, out of the MVP. And and what you said at the beginning of this podcast is that when Chris Paul isn't playing well, the Suns are an eight-seed team. So yeah. we, we've talked all about this even before the playoffs started, that mm-hmm. the Suns are all Chris Paul. And, and Chris yeah. Paul makes this team go. He, he's their engine. And if he's playing well, I think that they they could win pretty pretty comfortably, especially going back home. So I actually think Bucks in seven because you know it would not. That, that's kind of what I think is is where my head's at. Is Bucks is Suns win game five, goes back to Milwaukee, do or die. Uh, Bucks win game six fairly comfortably, um, and then game seven, it's just you know maybe a overtime-esque just slugfest absolute slugfest 
and I think we deserve a game seven. I think after all we've yeah. all we've been through um, with the NBA, watching a, a playoffs last year with no fans, um, I think we deserve one of those all timer game seven moments uh, kind yeah. of series. So, and that's and I do think, you know, I if that does happen, where do you think the line is? In that it's, scenario, Suns went. Suns basically. Suns cover Game Five. Bucks would be favored in Game Six. They cover Game Seven. What's the line in in Phoenix? It's going to be minus two and a half, and the total is going to be two fifteen. Oh, totals too. Yeah, Doing because totals. Game Sevens historically go under. Um, it's a bet that you like game six and seven actually to historically go under, um, because it's kind of like, you've played out all the adjustments you can make. People are hurt. Like you're probably not seeing like you, these guys are tired. Um, you're not usually seeing great shot making. It's just like, it's a slug. It's just a slug fest of a game. I've, I've found, I found it. I've, you said, we're never going to see those odds again, Joe. I found on DraftKings even better than Bucks and Seven. It's under series props on DraftKings. Sub under the series props subheader game X slash series. Oh, there it is. Phoenix Suns to win game five slash Milwaukee Bucks to win series plus five twenty-five. There it is. Yeah. That's uh that's the bet. I mean that is that is essentially the bet that we took yes. at game one. That it that is the bet because they would be trailing in the series. So, but I, if, I'm talking for people who have not weren't lucky enough to get in on that bet. Yeah, if you didn't, I mean, granted, the difference is game one. Like we, I felt like there was a significant rest situation. But I agree, we have. You're right. We have the odds. They're somewhere. <laughs> They're somewhere. <laughs> so I, I think that's that's at least my narrative. And then we'll have a podcast coming out Wednesday night about game seven. That's just my, my thought on this. Um, yeah. And you know, I don't know if you're with me, you think that this, the bucks could win game five. I just don't, you know, it, it's, I yeah, yeah. Could it I already happen? bet the box full disclosure. Yeah. I, how many times have you bet the suns at, at all this series? No, no. <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of what I'm trying to get away from is, and that's how you get hurt. Um, and it's hard. I mean, granted, yeah. you know, the other side of the coin is that you are flipping between teams each time. And I mean, in the yeah. NBA, it's a little easier because you have the home and away thing meaning a lot. Um, but in like hockey, like it could be the exact opposite. Like, oh, yeah. The, like if these two teams were hockey teams, like the Bucks would win the first two games in Phoenix and they would go back and then the Suns would win two games. Yeah, in like it, it, it's <laughs> kind of been one of those. Like and, and I think that like one of the things that people can really consider when you're betting on the NBA finals is like, just pick who's going to win. Like these spreads are like, like these spreads are just kind of like, I don't know. Like it's a great, I, I know what you mean in terms of the spread, but that's a great, that's a great uh, audio cut right there. Oh yeah. Cause I mean, like, I, like when I'm watching these, these games are so tight. Like I hate it. Like last night I wanted to kill myself sweating out that minus four. You know, um, and then I wind up live betting the Bucks plus one eighty at, at on the money line at some point. But like, I hate it. Like, if like either like I would put like some of your bet on the money line if they're like a favorite, and then maybe look to try to hedge like somewhere live or like get a better line live, um, or you just kind of kind of ride your bet out. But um, I hate sweating those minus like those minus numbers here because it's just it's tough. It's really tough. 
So I so I did find the bet that I that I had before. It's under playoff props and DraftKings. Number of road wins in the NBA Finals. Yes. One is actually minus one seventy five. So wow. there's really no value on there. Um, wow. Over 0.5, which is just one, um, but it could theoretically be three, you know, because like yeah. it could be three because the Bucks could win game right, five, yeah. Suns could win game six, Bucks could win game seven. Um, if you're a, if you're just a psycho, you can bet that at 13 to one. Um, but it's a minus uh, over half a game is minus 370. So you know, I don't really see any value in any of those. Zero yeah. number of road wins is uh, plus 280, and that's just the Suns in seven. But Got it. One thing that I will talk about briefly before we move off of the NBA Finals, if you go to DraftKings, they have series player props, and I love this. Like, I think this is, like, the coolest thing ever. Um, basically, you can bet on players' average for the whole NBA Finals, but what they've done is they've set the lines – at whatever they're averaging right now. Hmm. So interesting. there's been a couple interesting ones. Some of the ones that I've taken already is like, I took Devin Booker under 28 and a half. Uh, that was before last game. Um, I've taken uh, a little bit of, uh, a little bit of Jay Crowder unders. He was averaging. So I took Jay Crowder under 2.9 threes per game. He's at 2.8. It's like close number. You could probably do something similar because like, if you think about it, these guys don't shoot that much. Some of these guys and like the variance is there. Like, like for them to make three threes is not as likely as fewer than two, like fewer than three, especially when you look at what the line, the sports are setting their lines at, you know, like, you're looking at Jay Crowder. He's getting his line is set at two and a half. So like, just bet the un like you know it, it's like rather than bet the under on one game, just bet like you can look and bet the under on the whole series. So I think that there's some interesting stuff here. They have some points leader props. Uh, Giannis is going to win that. Rebounding leader Giannis is like pretty high up there. But like, there's a little bit of value on Aiden. And then even on assist leaders, you know, you got Chris Paul, but you know. You never know if he has another bad game. Drew Holiday's plus one forty. There's a little bit of value there, and then even three pointers made. Um, yeah, I'm actually looking. I'm trying to find the uh, the because I'm assuming that's just like yeah, it's total threes made. So I'm trying to yeah. find the amount of threes that have been made because all these numbers are plus numbers. Yeah. So like I I think that if you're betting this, you basically have to bet Middleton. Um, I think his line his number has moved um, since prior to last game, but Middleton is the guy you want to target. He has significantly more volume than Jay Crowder. Like he, like they don't care. Like if, if he shoots 12 threes, that's probably good offense by the bucks. Um, so that's something to consider. That's something to think about. Jay Crowder shoots 12 threes, probably not good offense by the Suns. Um, so you have to like, think about it in like in that way, when you're making this bet, like what do these teams want to do? Who do they want to have the ball? And like, why do we want this? You know, um, I wish that they had um, these not in per game stats on NBA.com. So like I'm looking at right now, Crowder and Middleton both have three made per game. I can tell you, I'll, I'll just look it up in uh, basketball reference. Oh, that's that basketball reference does do yeah. a more All right, gross so Jay, scoring. So Jay Crowder. 
Because I'm looking at Devin Booker at plus seven fifty, like that's also that's, not crazy. That's some that's some tasty, uh, tasty yeah. plus numbers. So, there. so Jay Crowder has made in the NBA Finals. He's made zero three six three, so three per game basically. Um, he so that's he's made twelve threes in the NBA Finals. Um, Chris Middleton has made. Should be 12. I think so. Like they're both at three per game. They've played four games. <laughs> oh, yeah. It should be then 12. Yeah. And then Pat Connaughton, um, which they don't have a bet for, they have field, would be a plus 400. He's 2.8. And then Devin Booker's plus 750 at 2.3. Uh, yeah. Middleton's made 12. Um, the difference with Middleton is if you look at like what he's allowed to do. So, like, He's taken during the playoffs, he's averaging 7.8 attempts, right? Jay Crowder, if this will cooperate with me, Jay Crowder has averaged 8.3 attempts. Or no, not 8.3, 6.5 attempts. So when you're looking at that, like in terms of like what they're allowed to do, Crowder takes is he's got 6.5 attempts out of his 8.5, 8.3 shot attempts per game. Just generally Middleton you're looking at, he gets, he's gotten in the playoffs 7.8, three point attempts on 19.8 free field goal attempts per game. So like he, he, they want him to shoot the ball. So like, if you think about it just in that way, Middleton should be a way, way, way bigger favorite than Jay Crowder just because of like his impact on the game. He's shooting the ball more. They want the ball in his hands more. Like that's, that's significant. That's a significant difference. Um, There's way more room for error. And I get that Crowder is basically a three point specialist. That's what he does. But like, if he's cold, he's not playing, they're going to play bridges or they're going to play somebody else. Like Middleton has to be in the game. Um, Crowder doesn't. And I think that that's important to recognize when you're making this type of bet. Yeah, I think I'm going to bet Devin Booker. I mean, he's at nine, nine three-pointers made. Um, but I think you – know, No, he's only, taking 6.3 a game, and he's taking 21 shots. He's, he's averaging 30% made threes. Yeah. He, in the playoffs, he's 33%. In the uh, regular season, he was like 34%. So I think – in terms of volume, I think there's going to be a lot of threes um, in game five. I, I'm liking Booker there. I'm just going to take it at plus 750. I don't, I don't hate the bet. I don't hate the bet. I like, I get your angle. I get it. And basically it's like, if you think the Suns are going to perform well, it probably means that Booker is going to shoot well. So you know, I just, I, yeah, it's, it's 750. That, yeah. That's why. Good odds. We like, um, we like so th- those are my bets. Booker, to and this is all on DraftKings and shout out to DraftKings because I was looking on on FanDuel and BetMGM like not a lot of these kind of bets. They had them before the series and that, but not now, like not anymore. So Devin Booker to be the series leader in made threes plus seven fifty. You can find another series player props and then series props. I am taking exact score bucks in seven plus 350 
and then uh, as a little bit of a of a double down on that. But I just think narrative wise, Bucks to win game, Suns to win game five, Bucks to win series plus five twenty five. Wow, we love it. We love it. We love it all so, around. Any bets that you want to particularly recommend before we move on? Um, not right you, now. Yeah, I, don't... I mean, I know that you've you've talked a lot about yeah. just the series and and live betting and things like that. So yeah, I don't I don't see a, like an immense amount of value on anything right now. Um, if you have a Suns future, I would strongly consider hedging it. Is what I'll tell you. Um, because I don't like the way that this series, I like, just don't really like the way this series is shaping up for Phoenix. Um, so I'll leave it at that. Bruce or Corey, where are you at on this series before I move on? Bucks. <laughs> Bucks in seven. Bucks in seven. All right. Um, that's it for the NBA finals. Like I said, uh, depending on if the series goes seven, you'll hear from us again before game seven. Um, if not, We'll talk to you about how we were right next week or about how we didn't see Chris Paul. We were wrong doing, with him, yeah. You know, doing something crazy, which I think is really the only way that the Suns could win this before uh, next week and before game seven. I just think Chris Paul's got to have two, like, incredible games. Maybe just one incredible game. He doesn't have to have an incredible game, I think, for them to win game five. But I think if they win game six in Milwaukee, he's going to have to have, like, an all-time performance. Yes, that's accurate. So, um, not a lot more to talk about. I mean, the Yankees just had their game uh, canceled about three hours ago for COVID. Do you believe that shit? As I was just about to start paying attention. I know. I bet on them today because it was the only game on. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if we have any more information on what exactly happened. I'm assuming it. Party at All-Star weekend, baby. Well, all I know is that they they did cross the threshold of 75% vaccinated. Um, so that's not, it's not that that was an issue because they were, they're like under different COVID protocol rules, but I guess it's just kind of a thing like, you know, uh, be cognizant of what you're doing. Um, you just don't, you really, yeah. I mean, this is just until like, you know, it kind of, cause I think the, the best case scenario is I don't think this like Delta variant thing is going to slow down anytime soon. Cause I think vaccinations have kind of stagnated along yeah. the medical lines for I'm wondering well, you know you... I wonder I wonder why that happened um but that's my <laughs> child you abuser. I was actually I was actually having a conversation about whether or not I need to get a booster like did we ever get a did we get a like a an answer on that most likely um yeah I don't know we'll know I, more I in think, October I think the delta hits the fan the delta yeah. thing from what I'm seeing is that it's it's very contagious but it's not as Deadly. but that makes sense that makes it's, sense it's it's like very contagious and like it's it, because these guys are getting tested still all the time yeah like they're they're showing up as positive where it is like they could have it and and it's just like a regular cold or, or, like, or not even or it's just completely yeah. asymptomatic so yeah. i think that's kind of this goes into at. my whole like we know like it's just like you don't know like how many times you've been asymptomatic for the flu like just have honestly have no idea. Like you were yeah. not testing for it, which I always think is an interesting. It's an interesting situation. So um, yeah, I don't. It's it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it, um, how baseball yeah. handles it, because they, you know, they're playing every day. Um, yeah. it's, it seems like there was just a at the All Star break that does seem producer Corey was right that there was some sort of somebody tested positive at the All Star. Told you game. this. That's that's when you have to start paying attention. Told you. Yeah. 
So, yeah. I, like, give me – I know that producer Corey is going to give me his, you know, now's the time for the Yankees to make a run. Uh, but I just want to, like – Now's the time for the far... Yankees to make a run, Dom. I actually well, – like, I'm like not going to – I actually just bet on them. To do what? To make the playoffs? To win the American League East and to win the World Series. Yeah, There's I have those futures from behind. winter. So, the reason – the reason I did both is I trust, well, I do trust a lot of Zarillo's analysis, um, Sean Zarillo from the Action Network, but part of it had to do with the fact that the Red Sox, um, with the spider, ta- with actually, like, it's directly related to the spider tag issue. Uh, um, so, so, what a surprise. <laughs> so, like, they, the Red Sox, like, actually, like, one of their better pitchers, uh, Garrett Richards, um, he, he was like one of the best like guys in terms of spin rate uh, this season. And he's like, not really good. Like, like, I don't know. Like, I don't think of him as like very good. Like he's not like a great pitcher, but one of the things that's been interesting is like, he's seen his spin rate drop from top 5% down to like in the top 50%. So like you have, and like you have these other guys that just like, like I don't believe in necessarily. So like I thought there was some value in terms of them, the Yankees winning the division based on how many games they have against these guys. They've been extremely like quote unquote unlucky. Um, but then, so like I sprinkled that at 12 to one. Uh, but then I also was looking at their world series odds, which I think makes more sense. Um, because they're only for, they're only like four games out of the wild card and you have to assume that if they make the wild card, Garrett Cole is the best pitcher in the wild card game. Um, but, but you also like, if they are in a race at the end of the season, like there's a chance he pitches one of those 161, yeah. 162. Granted though, they are, they are getting Severino back, which I think is significant, um, he he should definitely i think to me that's like trading for a pitcher um he might not be as good as he once was you know like he's coming back from injury we don't really know how he's going to be but to me that's trading for a pitcher um and they don't have to actually make a move so i wouldn't be surprised to see them not only get severino back but also try to make a move um so i'm not like I do think that there's value at 25 to one to win the world series when you have that lineup and potentially that type of pitching rotation with like headlined by Cole Severino. And then, you know, you worry about the rest after that. Yeah. It's kind of like the Mets uh, getting Carrasco back at the end of the month. Yeah, exactly. Um, Like I think there's value there. And I mean, it's similar though with the Red Sox, like they're getting Chris sale back next month. Um, So that's, that's like trading for a pitcher as well. I mean, uh, a lot going on, but I just I just felt like the twenty five to one to win the World Series was a number that I couldn't pass up when they have the talent that they have on the roster. Yeah, I, they're plus one thirty to make the playoffs right now. Um, I you know it is what it is. We'll see. You'll know I think in the first two weeks after this All Star break whether or not yeah. um, that's it's legit or not. Are you saying yeah. that the first two weeks after the All Star break are pretty crucial? Is that what you're telling me? This is actually my favorite time to bet on baseball. Is this is my favorite time to watch it. It matters. I just think like if you're looking at it, like the Red Sox. Okay, so like if the Red Sox win the division, whatever. Like if the Yankees don't move up, what it is, what it is. But if you play Tampa in this game and Tampa doesn't have glass now for the rest of the season, that's that's like that's that's brutal. Um, Like that's their guy. So I don't know. Like I don't have much faith in Tampa 
being able to advance without that type of starter. Um, and that's just, that's my feeling on it, but I, yeah, the Mets, I, you know, I, 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 in terms of the American league, like the Astros are the only team that really, Astros are good. I, I still, as much as, as good as the white Sox have been, like, it's kind of like one of those teams that uh, until they've done it, you know, yeah. I don't really believe in them. Yeah. Um, and it's a, a lot of guys would be either your first time in the playoffs or at least first time, you know, having to play yeah. under those types of uh, conditions and, and the Yankees as, as unsuccessful as they've been in terms of winning it all, they have played a lot of playoff baseball, these guys, at least. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So it, it's interesting. I think it'll be, um, I think it'll be fun either way. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's going to be an exciting stretch. Uh, and, and I do, I really do like the two wild card thing. Like, I, I think it's, I think it's a good change. It gives the division winners like a, a significant advantage, I think. Yeah. What, uh, who won the all-star game? The American league. Interesting. Okay. They, the American league team now has home field advantage. No, I'm just kidding. In the World <laughs> Series. Remember when that was a thing. That was, that was crazy that that was a thing. You know, yeah. when it mattered. Yeah, that, I was trying to find like, uh, cause they they like remade the logo like now it matters or something like that. That was what it was. <laughs> it was just, yeah, that was not that wrong. Was I mean, it's pretty on the nose, but they're not wrong. Yeah, and then uh, as far as MVP Cy Young stuff goes, AL Cy Young still pretty much uh, pretty much open. Um, and then AL MVP looks to be Otani, and then we'll have another couple think pieces about why uh, the angels keep getting AL MVPs, even though they're 20 games out of 500. Now I know the angels are 45 and 44 right now, but you know, I, that's, I don't think, but it's early down. Yeah. Um, National league real quick. Um, Brewers, man. I forgot that I have them plus 300 to win the division. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be afraid of the reds there. Um, the, the pesky reds with Castellanos and Winker. Like, no matter if you throw a right here or lefty, like, there's always one guy in there who just rakes. <laughs> I know. You just really don't know. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, the Mets played the Brewers the series before the All-Star break. Um, they hit Woodruff, and Burns looked so bad as a reason why we lost that bet in the NL in the, in the, that was in the, tough. Yeah. In the All-Star game. So, I like, Woodruff and Burns, like, yeah, the, the, they don't scream ace to me. Like, they're – they're Woodruff like, is really good, but I, I get what you're saying. Like, like Burns, like it's kind of like it's kind of like Kyle Gibson on the on the Rangers. Like guys have like really good random years sometimes. So yeah, like Mike Miner the other year. <laughs> Our guy. So I, I think the NL is all all the NL West. The Giants, Dodgers, Padres. The Padres kind of cooled off a little bit, but the team is just so talented. And then the the Giants Dodgers is gonna be fun to watch down the stretch. The Giants just oh, yeah are are one of those years um that we've seen with the giants where they just everybody rakes and is it an odd year and it's it they it used to be Ooh, even uh, years. even oh they're switching it up yeah they switched it up okay. in the new decade or is it an even year because of covid last year you know i don't know the euro 2020 thing threw me off all over the <laughs> place I mean, the, the summer olympics is also being branded as olympics yeah because i mean Think of all the logos that fit perfectly with 2020. It's almost as good as like when you were a senior graduating <laughs> in 2010. Everything fit. Everything fit. So like if, if they're going to make you wait, you're like, well, go fuck yourself. I'm keeping the cool logo and I'm going to tell yeah. everybody it was last year. <laughs> so I get it. <laughs> and then, I'm sure uh, all the signs were made too. 
I, I took the Giants. I, you can't find this number anymore, but they were 10 to 1, like, that's a great three line. weeks ago. Like, yeah. it's still – and like I, we said before on this podcast, this happens a lot in baseball where everyone takes the preconceived notions from the offseason into the into the season, and it takes, like – it, it, like I said, it's we're even past the All Star break, and people are still not thinking the Giants are good. Like they're they're fifty seven and thirty two. They've won sixty four percent of their games. I think they have the best record in baseball. They, they, do. they do. Like so, they're the you know, and people are like, oh, they're like a fringe like playoff team. No, they're the best team in baseball. They're literally the best team in baseball. <laughs> so, um, and at least you know, I I don't want to talk too much about the Mets, but the Acuna injury for the Braves really significant, hurts. significant. Um, our, our Marlins future, you can cash out at plus money. You can pro- cash it out at a profit right now. If you're a bitch. <laughs> I actually was looking maybe more at the, the over-under for the Marlins. Um, was that 72 and a half? I'll have wins. to take more of that. Um, but, yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. That, you know, Obviously, a lot of moves can still be made. There's a couple teams you could probably scratch off. At this point, like the Diamondbacks, who were twenty six and sixty six, that is yeah, they're done. They're done. They were. That was a joke. They had fucking like two eighteen consecutive loss streaks. That's bad. It was like, like, how do you do that? That's very bad. Yeah. So um, yeah, uh, no, it is what it is. So let's. uh Yeah, we didn't have Terry this week for the for the British Open. I'm gonna blame him for not. Uh, betting Louis Oosthuizen, who I was going to bet, and I was like, "Oh, I'll bet him in the morning." And then oh I forgot it was fucking in England, and I woke up, and he was already in the. It league. probably started when you went to bed. <laughs> I was like, oh. you just checked your phone one more time before knocking out. You probably yeah, able to get it. In. And I almost put in a DraftKings lineup, and I granted I didn't fill it out uh, all the way, but my two, uh, my two anchors were Oosthuizen and Spieth, who are now one and two. That's so, tough. Yeah. Tough hell right there. Yeah. Yep. It's only Thursday. I, I would like to just tell myself that my four to six guys were just not going to make the cut anyway. So probably. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's go into. Yeah. So I, I think I'm not qualified enough to speak on uh, the analytics of the British Open. I didn't even watch round one. Um, but Ustazen, uh, I'm, I'm geared up for another heartbreak, you know given that he's finished second the last two majors. And uh, we'll probably bet him just because I want to see him win. But uh, Spieth minus five. Webb Simpson minus four. Hey, welcome back, Webb. <laughs> Finally woke up. Hey, so, remember yeah. that bet that we crushed during the pandemic? Yeah. That was a great – whatever he was, like 20 to one or like whatever it was, 25, $25 minimum bet. That was just – that was a wonderful play. <laughs> oh yeah it was like the the birdie bonus thing but he yeah there's a birdie the bonus and he won the tournament <laughs> we got like yeah they actually like reduced those so they were like doing three dollars like a birdie or something like that so we got like a 80 something dollar free bet and then like on oh yeah and then we got the free bet yeah and it, it wasn't a, no it was a Fanduel, so it was credit oh perfect yeah all right let's let's go into uh pods and Rex to take us out here um like i said NBA Finals, a lot of good bets out there. Um, DraftKings seems to have the most uh, most Lock. options for you yeah. there. And then uh, it's baseball season. I, this is this is my favorite baseball like it's the best betting betting yeah um, 
thing. It's, it's I've always very... just been hot right after the All Star break. People are still kind of holding on to those like, oh, but the Giants weren't supposed to be good, so maybe they'll cool off. And like the Giants are still minus one thirty when they should be minus two hundred. Yeah, it's it's great. It's a great time too because people don't have anything else to bet on, so games get super public like that and it's it's just fantastic like you can you this is like prime time to fade the public yes the me's of the world are watching now <laughs> they're here they're here uh, hey guys we're here all right producer cory how you Take doing our money. i'm good i'm finally back in new jersey after leaving the hellish state of florida that should be removed from our country physically somehow i don't care how but figure i mean it, out. It, it might be do you see that study from nasa yeah, so you know what? That, like, the moon is going to be, like, bouncing around up there, and the tides are going to be, like, crazy and Really erosion. excited. Can't wait to never have to go there again. Really <laughs> excited. You know, I love to fish, but fishing in, you know, 100-degree weather at 99% humidity is not fun at all. Not, actually, nothing's fun in that weather except for getting an ice-cold bucket of water dumped on you. That's about it. You know what they say? It's not the heat, it's the humidity. God damn, hate them both. I found out. You're not fucking wrong. Uh, so yes, I finally made it back to New Jersey. I have two recommendations. One was a movie that I watched while I was sitting in an airport for twelve-ish hours on Tuesday. Uh, American Ultra. It came out in like 2015-ish. It's got Jesse Eisenberg, Kristen Stewart, John Leguizamo. Walton Goggins, who is the fucking man. He is so funny. He's I actually, so oh, good. Oh, oh. So uh, my fiance and I were watching. Uh, we started to rewatch the. Uh, what 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 is he in with um, the church family? Oh, um, righteous gemstones. Righteous gemstones. Yeah, so season two is coming out in the fall, I believe. Yes. Do you know who they got for season two as a recurring character? No. Yes. Your your mind's about to be blown. Oh, I'm and, so and, he, and he plays like a uh, a rival megachurch pastor from Texas. Come on, give it to me, Eric Andre. What? This is gonna be the best show on TV. I can't <laughs> wait. Just polish up the Emmy now. It's gonna oh, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. I was shocked I can't wait. when I read it, and yeah, Righteous Gemstone adds. Jason Schwartzman, Eric Roberts, Eric Andre is recurring cast. Wow. Wow, that's a win. Oh, I can't wait. That's a pretty big yeah, Eric Andre will play Lyle Listens, a megachurch pastor from Texas. <laughs> Lyle Listens? They, well, it looks like they let him in the writer's room, know, too. I don't know how they, uh, you know. It's I can't L-I-S-S-O-N-S, so it's Lisons or Listens. I'm sure that'll be a joke. I can't wait. Um, anyway, this movie was about like Jesse Eisenberg is like a stoner who seems to have like anxiety problems about leaving his town in West Virginia and Kristen Stewart's his girlfriend. And he turns out to be like a CIA asset that went wrong. So they like wiped his memory and gave him this like weird psychological problem where he can't leave his town in West Virginia to kind of inoculate him. And, uh, some, uh, the, this guy played by Topher Grace at the FBI, at the CIA, like, wants to get rid of all the people in that program. So he tries to take him out. Like he got a burn notice and uh, he gets activated and it's just like a hilarious, stupid action movie. That was much better than I anticipated. Fully enjoyed it. 
Yeah, I mean the cast is great. So yeah, that's a that's a drew, drew me in. So I finished watching that. We landed. Was a was finally. a box office dud though. So. Uh, th- uh, every good movie is. Yeah, fair. Um, and then you know, Tenant makes money somehow when movie theaters are closed. Whatever, fuck it. Um, I land. I go directly to a diner so I can feast because I was uh, starving, and I missed having food that wasn't made of fish. Uh, as much as I love fish, six days in a row is a lot. Uh, and I got, I got this sandwich that changed my life. It's fucking gross. Like you're gonna feel like a total dog shit afterwards. But going down, you're a king. It's Taylor ham, egg, and cheese on French toast. That, like between oh, French I just, toast, I feel the heartburn already. And it came, but it was totally fucking worth it. And I would have done it ten more times. Uh, it, it sits like a cement brick, but my god, you feel like uh, a deity while you eat it. You're like, oh, yeah, this that's is what a, god shit's like. Okay, Dude, that's a, I'm not doing anything. I'm so out on that, man. <laughs> Both of you are pussies. I can't wait to sneakily make you eat a McGriddle one day, and like that's like well, that's this, that's basically what it shit is. Version it, it, of this. It, what it is? It, that, it's exactly what it is. Yeah, but like it's not like syrup-filled French toast. It's just like regular made French toast on the sandwich. And thank God it wasn't too big. If it was big, I probably would still be incapacitated. But uh, yeah, don't make plans for the next day. Just enjoy <laughs> it. Get the tums ready. Maybe some Pepto. That's uh, that's di- happy di- to be home diabetes on a plate um <laughs> i did get an insulin shot today uh, um yeah I, it's it's if you're in the right mood i could see why i could see i could see uh, oh the mood was right good. yeah um i'm gonna recommend uh I, I think i've recommended like the show just in general and there's still people out there who don't don't watch it. and i'm not coming from because there's a lot of people who talk about the show and they talk down on you when they're talking about it like Oh, it's so smart. Uh, uh, but the new season of Rick and Morty is like nothing short of spectacular. Uh, okay, wait. I saw one while I was sitting in my hotel room. I'm going to give you the premise of this episode. And you got to tell me if it's the new season. Okay. Horse semen. Yes. Okay, because I was like, I'm pretty sure I watched all of these, and I don't remember this. That's, one. this that was the most, that was the most, most recent one. I was dying. Um, it was. Yeah. It was funny. That that's actually, but that's actually not the best episode of the season. The best episode is the first episode um, of the new season. It's it, it goes all into like the time travel, like multiple uh, dimensions type stuff, um, which I think they're at their best when they do that. But um, I think it's on Prime. Like you can get it. I just bought the season because I'm like, you know, I I I've been doing that. I think this is like a sign of growing up, where it's like. Like somebody today asked me when I was golfing, like about the golf app that I used, which is the Grint. And it's like, oh, is it free? It's like, no, well, it can be, but I pay for it because I don't want to see them go out of business. So like, I've, I feel like it's where like you, you could start making like economic decisions based on like not necessity, but that you want to see these people succeed. Sure. I think that's. Yeah, that's exactly why I started paying for cable. I was like, you know, Xfinity, <laughs> they look like they're dogging it with all this pay per whatever you want to watch shit. And I was like, you know what? These guys need a bone. Yeah, everybody's take, cutting take a buck cord. fifty out of my pocket a that's month. Funny. That's I fair. just love, I just love Xfinity so much. Yeah, no, that's yeah. Exa- Xfinity, exactly you, the same you the best. Concept. You the best. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna recommend uh, the new. And like I said, if you haven't uh, watched Rick and Morty generally, you know that's my recommendation. But the new season is like. It's it's top notch. Joseph, 
Um, I'm going to recommend this beer. Uh, it's by Cape May Brewery. It's cr- called Crushing It. I had the grapefruit one today, uh, but apparently they have various flavors. They have a uh, blueberry and lemon. There's an orange one as well. Um, it's eight percent. It's very good. I would I say. Thought you were getting a little slurry during your NBA analysis. <laughs> It's it's pretty good. It's a pretty good beer I got right here. Pretty good. Bucks and seven. Bucks and seven. Bucks and seven. Yeah, Chris Middleton is uh, he averages two point nine threes a game and takes sixes. <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. So it was. It's it's a great beer. You know, no no complaints. Um, I haven't but, I haven't uh, had me a high octane beer since I went to Florida. You can't drink those there. You'll you. I think you end up in the did hospital. Did you go to Florida like three days ago? Yeah. <laughs> They're part of my repertoire. Okay. Having had a high octane beer. Going oh. crazy here. Yeah. You know how many Bud Lights and margaritas it takes to like get to that level? It's it's a fucking annoying. Like they give you little tiny cups of margaritas. You're like, come on. And it's it should be frozen immediately. I shouldn't have to ask for frozen margaritas in Key West. I'm fucking drenched right now. <laughs> I got catcalled by a um, a drag queen. Uh, they said, "Oh, daddy, you leaking!" Like, <laughs> like that's how bad it was. So when I order a margarita oh from you, I don't want a little tiny regular ass margarita. I want you to stuff as much ice and cold shit in there as you possibly can. That's incredible. That's fucking. Yeah, that's that's a good uh, a good thing to end on. All right, uh, go Bucks. Fuck Florida. <laughs> Fuck Florida. The Oddscast Podcast. I'm Dominic DeLeo. For Joe Delera, producer Corey, we will see you next week. Best of luck this weekend. Goodbye. God bless. Jesus, I was waiting for it. I was like, did he forget? That That one beer? I'm out in Boca Raton. I'm sipping Roca Patron. I got this chick on the phone. Talking about life and how I just ain't right for her. I've been inclined to agree. Cause all I've been doing is me now. I can't be a one, baby girl, nah. But I play the two or the three now. Give it a dick and I'm gone. I'm like a ticking time bomb. I'm on the road, grind time for the dose. My time. She chip me on. Pom poms. She good for the soul. She good for the mind. She helped me get fast. Time, time. She helped me eat clean. Balls I make. She might end up me and my mama. Let's take it back like Western time zones. Used to call you up to share my milestones. Now you hear my voice and sound annoyed. Might as well be talking to the dial tone. I've been living dreams and ain't what it seems. Splitting at the scene when it. Splitting at the scene when it come to you. I'm out in Boca Raton. I'm sipping Roca Patron. I got this chick on the phone. Talking about life and how I just ain't right for her. I've been inclined to agree. Cause all I've been doing is me now. I can't be a one, baby girl, nah. But I play the two or the three now. I flew out the Boca Raton. Had to meet my nigga Boz. He took a break from the road. Decided to party with Kaz. Had to get away from the cold. The winner was killing my vibe. Just got off the phone with J. Cole. Told him that I'm with the guys. Look in my eye. I'm taking life through Versace. Dipping in the Mazi. About to eat hibachi. Know what the past is, Gabasi. Sip it till I'm sloppy. Fuck up till she knock me. I put a hurtin' on a nani. And the kind of throw a body. Got a screaming God. Dale boom dolly. She a worker up like a Salvador Dolly. It's like a Prada robbery. Nothing but the Zonda. When you go shopping, you're with the Zonda Rari. We could get both, so you know this shit poppin'. Feeling like Tommy. And belly with Keisha and him got it poppin'. Put a head in my Tommy. Boca Raton, I ain't leaving this party. I can't help the way you think when I'm not with you I'm not with the way you think when I'm not with you Baby, we know just what we got Only we know just what we got
agree Cause all I've been doing is me now I can't be a one, baby girl, no But I play the two, the three now Fiends Thank you.